Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and this is a long time in the making. On the phone right now, we have Brian from Currents. Brian, man, how you doing tonight? I'm I'm okay, man. How you doing? <laughs> I like that. You are okay. It's not great. It's not fantastic. So what today makes you feel okay? So uh, we're doing some renovations on the house right now. We're doing uh, some sanding. So we're kind of covered in sawdust. <laughs> and uh, there's a protest going on right now, probably like three or, four, three or four blocks away from me. Oh, wow. Okay. Planning on maybe going to, you know, check it out in a little bit. But for sure. now, I'm kind of just uh, just hanging, you know? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit for sure. Let me start off, though. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about music. We're going to be talking about what affects the music industry for sure. But right now, as we talk, this will be, you know, released after the new album comes out. But we are a day plus away right now from the new album, The Way It Ends, coming out. So are you nervous? Are you, does this just not even bother you anymore? Uh, I don't know. Things are kind of weird out there right now. So uh, having us put a record out, Right now, I don't doubt it for a second. I think that this is, uh, you know, the time is now. Yeah. And um, we are, you know, we put so much time and effort in, into this release and, and to push it back anymore would just be crazy on, on our part. So I, I think it's excitement because I, hopefully, you know, it, it gives people maybe something something else to kind of just sit on for a little bit and, and all the craziness. So I'm I'm hoping it's a good thing. Yeah, did you guys, I would assume that you have, you know, I've talked to August Burns Red, I've talked to Kill Rob Bailey on this topic while COVID has been, you know, affecting literally everyone out there. Did you have a conversation with Sharp Tone about possibly moving the date? Did you guys go through that kind of stuff? It was like a little, it was a very quick conversation. It was kind of a a thing of like, hey, we, you know, we still get to do this and, and, I was just like, yeah, you know, like uh, we talked to the guys and um, kind of just came to the consensus. It wasn't like a big conversation or anything. It wasn't an argument. It was like, these are kind of the risks. This is kind of what we can expect to uh, deal with. But it's, it is what it is. We already released two songs um, off the record and we were going up to release a third one. Um, You know, everything was, set up for the release to be uh june 5th and so it was kind of um you know it didn't really seem to be any any reason to to stop or hold it back especially because fans already knew about it um if if we and they knew they know it's done they know it's ready they know it's it's just kind of sitting there and if we're going to put it out for um if we're going to hold it back anymore it would have been a big middle finger to them uh you know when it felt right yeah right now I, and I don't know how much you follow, you know, other bands as closely in the industry. But what I thought was interesting was you decided to keep it June 5th. Also, the Ghosts Inside have their new album coming out June 5th. But then Make Them Suffer, they were supposed to be coming out this Friday. And they moved it to July. And they've done a similar thing that you did was they, I believe, released three singles, if I'm not mistaken. But they still decided to change it. Do you know why, and I'm not asking you to necessarily speak for them, but do you know why they would maybe change it compared to you wanting to keep it the same? 
Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't blame them at all. I, I didn't know that, but I don't, there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, I no. think that that's a completely um, justified action. Just in our case, it didn't really seem to make sense, but I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bash anybody for like no, no. doing it. Cause it makes sense. Right. You know, it's like you, you hold off and you, um, you save it for a time when things are a little less hectic, but we couldn't have predicted that uh, the country would be in such a, a time of unrest right now. When right. we were talking about this, it was a COVID pandemic. Yes, you know? right. And uh, here, here we are at the, uh, you know, with, with the current events going on, there's protests in all 50 states. Yep. But, um, you know, if, three days leading up to the release, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to back down on it. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, it's probably cliche, I'm sure someone's brought it up to you already, but the title of the album, the way it ends, seems so like realistic, unfortunately, for the way things seem to be going right now. I'm assuming that you had this title and everything set like a long time ago, but is it kind of also a nod to what's been going on recently, or is that more personal? If, um, if that's how people want to take it, then I'm not going to... Um... You know, I'm not going to say that that's false. It is true, though, that we we kind of decided on the title uh, a few months back. It was, okay. a, it was a little while ago at this point, but things that were things are always at a boiling point of sorts. We're we're kind of just seeing the high point of of anger right now. But these are these are problems that are, you know, they're they're coming to a head now. But they're, they're things that have been going on for a long time, and so yeah. they definitely is inspired by what's going on right now but is you know we didn't name the record that just because of what's happening absolutely okay that makes sense so let's let's skew a little bit towards what's going on right now you know you you mentioned you're going to go out possibly and check out this protest have you already gone and done anything recently will this be your first time joining so yeah i i've had nothing in my area uh, up until right now, you know, and so uh, I I think it's it's good to to be able to go out and stand with uh, you know the people in your city, the people in your area, and um, you know be you know active in a, a common goal to try to raise awareness and, and make changes that need to happen. Right now, where are you? Are you in Connecticut right now? I am, yeah. Okay. All right. So you've got you've got a protest that's happening around you. So let's let's talk about it this way because this is the first time I've been able to, you know, you see social media, you see what everyone's been going through, but for yourself, for music in general, when you look at this music scene in particular, what do you think, you know, I'm obviously just asking your opinion on this, how you see it. What do you think is an artist's responsibility when it comes to something like this? Um, I think it's, it's kind of hard to say because there are a lot of people and I'm kind of in this camp where I don't think anybody is sitting here, um, dying to hear my political opinions. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is more of a social, this is more of a social issue. Of course, sure. this is more of a, um, I think a common sense check, but, uh, I think our, our place is just to support causes we believe in, but not to kind of purport ourselves as being the, uh, you know, we're not experts, right? You know, sure. we and just, I'm not. Well, all we can really do is talk on what's right. We're just we're just kids that play music. You know, <laughs> no, I I totally get it. I'm also not an expert here, and this certainly 
isn't a political podcast. So we always do kind of touch on things that are going on, but obviously this is going to be a lot about currents. So yeah, let's move on from that and we'll we'll probably hit some stuff on the way as well. So let's talk right now about the new album, The Way It Ends. Now, I'm sure every single question has been asked of you already. You've been out doing interviews. Obviously, we are, like I said, we're about a day plus away from the release itself. So the main thing, one of the one of the main things I wanted to talk about, vocally, I know you worked with Ricky Armolino. And I know in the past, before you were with Currents, he actually did a feature, but you also decided to go back to him and work with him on vocals. What made you want to work with him specifically? So he was brought to us by the producer of the record, Ryan LaTrue. Ah. And it was a situation where we, we had, the band had worked with Ricky in the past. I, I wasn't in the band when he did uh, a feature on, on a current song, yep, yep. but um, it was kind of a full circle moment for everybody else. And it was, it, it kind of just ended up being a thing. So Ryan worked with Ricky and was kind of a friend of his. And um, he, once we got down to doing the vocals and, and recording them, he knew that Ricky had done a lot of work on his own to kind of uh, hone his technique and to practice and, and to be kind of a, you know, someone who's knowledgeable about the voice and, and yeah. how to get good takes out of people. And um, so Ryan thought that this would be valuable for our situation because we had ran into issues in the past where we were just grinding ourselves way too hard and, oh. and just causing problems for my voice. I see. Um, when we were doing I Let the Devil In, we were just doing these ridiculous, like, eight-hour... <laughs> sessions of yeah. just straight vocals with no days or no breaks and I, it ended up being kind of terrible oh, but um God. we we kind of brought ricky in as somebody who could kind of help steer the process in a good way stop us from over grinding and and uh you know keep things on the right track and yeah. he did a great job he actually engineered the vocals so he he sat there and was um you know punching record editing the takes and ah. um really kind of being super hands-on with it. Ryan was there as like a, a backup kind of voice of, of reason and uh, somebody who could kind of like quality check everything that we were doing. Yeah. But um, Ricky was very hands-on with the, the vocal recording and the tracking. And um, him and Ryan even have a bunch of harmonies on the record, which I think is really cool. Ah, that's what the... Okay. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, going through the album and getting to listen, you know, on repeat for a while. And by the way, I'm, I got to tell you too, I didn't get a chance to tell you at the beginning, but this album is really, really great. You guys have definitely outdone yourself. So congrats on that for sure. So one Thank of the, you, oh yeah, absolutely. One of the big things I noticed about those vocals, and I think a lot of people notice about your vocals in general, is that you're doing so much. So I guess the first question is, when Ricky came in, and I know he knows a lot about vocals, obviously all of his past work and what he's doing right now, he's very, very fluent in vocals. But for you, working with him and doing all those different styles that you do, was he able to manage that you didn't get burned out, that you didn't do those eight-hour sessions? Like, Were you able to recover better with working with him? Well, we still we went to eight-hour sessions. We would sit there and just do these grinding uh, recording 
sessions, but he was, he was good with, um, you know, he's had trouble in the past as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just with like maintenance and, and getting like, like hurt playing live shows and stuff. Not, not to like any crazy degree, but he's somebody who just, um, you know, he tries very hard and works very hard to be good at what he does. And so he has a lot of kind of tools and tricks and stuff that he's learned and a few little things that, uh, you know, really helped me out a lot. He had this little like bubbler kind of tool. I forget what it was called. It was called like a doctor box or something. And you basically, you know, you put your mouth on it and you sing or scream into it and it makes the bubbles kind of rise up in the, in the, uh, container. And so, and that's supposed to like, uh, promote healthy phonation. So like, Just, just little stuff like that, you know. If I was getting burnt or I was, I was whining about like my throat hurting or something, you'd be like, "Take the doctor box; it'll fix you. It'll, it'll fix you." Interesting. You know, okay. Went in there. I had a steam inhaler I was using the entire time, just like doing salt water gargles. A lot sure. of it's just mental, you know. I probably would have been fine not doing like eighty percent of those things all the time. I was okay. kind of being obsessive because I'd had issues in the past, never playing live, but just. Right something about recording and just how uh, dry and un, uh, unshow like it is, you know? Ah, okay. Okay. So you, you prefer to be live than you do actually in studio. Yeah. Just more lately. I didn't have any problems at all when we were recording our first record. I, I usually never have any, any issues, but um, you know, it's, it is what it is. And when you're doing like a big undertaking like this, a lot of it's mental too. Like sure. you just get, uh, you get bogged down and there's more expectations. So there's more pressure and you're stressed and it's not as fun, you know, or it's right. just not as lighthearted, you know? And so it's easy to kind of lose track and get in the weeds and hurt yourself. No, absolutely. Now I actually, you know what, let's even skip back a little bit. So when did you actually record the album? When were you done with vocals? We finished right in the beginning of July. Okay. So you've been sitting on it for a little while then. So COVID has really, I would say, probably only affected your tour schedule. It hasn't really affected anything else. It's affected like our, our album rollout and, and all that. But oh, sure. Just because we can't, yeah, we can't tour on it. Like, I'm sure it'll affect our, our like numbers and all of that, but that's not really like a concern of mine. You know, all I really care about, about is that people hear it. I'm not really worried about how it does in like the first week or, or whatever, you know? Ah, okay. All right. That may, I mean, that makes sense. I think as, as a lot of people have known that kind of changes. I mean, the hope is that you guys did put out a bunch of merch bundles and a lot of different variants, that kind of stuff, if that sells well, that's at least, you know, putting some money in your pocket. And it's also showing a little bit of what those pre-sales will be. But obviously, it's a completely different monster now, the way, you know, first week album sales work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's bizarre. A lot of it is streaming. And I'm kind of of the of the mindset that if uh, people uh, love it, you know, they're going to listen to it. Yeah. We've put it out there. We've done everything that we can at this point. And we're going to continue to promote it, obviously. But I, you know, I try not to get too too bogged down by the numbers and, and all that stuff. I, I would rather just, uh, you know, sit back, have conversations about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, just share the music around as much as, as much as we can without, you know, 
killing everybody on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Well, let's go back to your vocals for a second because you're a favorite for a lot of people in the scene. You're also one of my favorites. I mean, listening to this album, you've done so much with your vocal range besides your... And by the way, I guess before I even go further, do you like to... I know there's always a debate. Do you like to say clean vocals and unclean vocals? Or are you a singer, screamer guy, or do you not care? I, I don't care. I, I go back and forth. Like, I'll. it kind of just depends. And you Usually when you're trying to differentiate, it, it makes sense to say clean singing. Sure. When you're in, in the context of, of, like, our music... But if it was just anything else, I would like. I'm not gonna listen to, um, you know, like Katy Perry and be like, "Oh, her clean vocals are sick." Like it's just it, it's cringy in in my mind, you know. But, they are, but I, I don't see an issue with the differentiation in in our style of music. Okay, that makes total sense. So I I know sometimes people get super pissed off when you say stuff like that. So I figured I would check before doing it. You know, doing this for seven years, you piss some people off and then other people love it. So you always just check just to make sure. So you're doing so much so much of the switching between clean vocals and unclean vocals and the different styles of both. With that switching that you're doing, did that put any more extra strain? Was there a certain, you know, a certain song or a certain change that was way more difficult than you thought it would be, maybe added some more recovery time. As far as um, like adding in new techniques and stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, singing more has definitely been interesting because mm -hmm. if I was just screaming, that's, that's one thing. But I think uh, something that, that contributed to some of my issues later on in the game where like the place I feel safe is there's singing parts, but there's not a lot. Right. And, right. um, you know, like there's 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 one in pretty much every song, but it's not there's not a lot. And right. and in like I let the devil in, and on the way it ends, there's definitely like more. And there's singing in every pretty much every most of our songs, but um, yeah. it, it's done in a much more robust way as of late. So I think that some of these more full voice, like big choruses and stuff, contribute a little bit just because you know, you're singing at a much higher volume, more aggressive, and you're trying to get as much emotion and it takes as possible. Yeah. And so if I was just screaming, like if I was in a band and all I did was scream, um, I don't think I would have any issues. Oh, but okay. adding singing into the mix, it's something that's still kind of new for me. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting better every day, but it, yeah. it's something that definitely adds more challenge to the mix. Yeah. Have you gone through kind of, I mean, obviously you can't really do anything right now with, you know, the pandemic still happening, but are you thinking about that kind of thing for when you go back out live for getting the new, the way it ends tracks? Are there going to be certain ones that you're really going to have to try a lot harder or put in certain places in the set list just to make sure that you can pull all of that off? I'm hoping to not have to make any kind of work around or cuts or anything. Like if it comes to that, you know, then it is what it is. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll adapt. And I think what it really is, is I'm just going to grind the songs as much as possible to yeah. uh, make sure that we're doing them justice when we go to play them live. It's not so much a thing of not being able to do them. It's just doing them in a healthy way that is going to, you know, provide longevity. Right. No, exactly. So right now you talk about that and 
it does look like things are starting to shift a little bit. But I can tell you, and you know, I, I'm not sure what it is like in Connecticut, but I'm in Boston, and my prediction would be we're probably not getting any live shows until sometime in 2021. That that's the way, at least right now, it looks like. So, what do you have to do, or do you have to do anything? Because when you're touring, I've seen you live before. You guys are all over the place. You're working really hard. You have a lot of energy. Are you doing anything to make sure that you're ready to go? Like, is there a training regimen for not only your body, but also your voice to make sure that you're ready to go out there at the drop of a hat when everything's back to normal? Right now, um, we're kind of, at least I am, like I'm focusing on other projects and, and other engagements that are not music related, just uh, because this is the first time we haven't toured in like four years. This right. is the longest break that we've had in years. And so there's a lot of things in my personal life that have gone uh, unchecked uh, and uh, kind of under, under utilized and underdone that kind of have to take, you know, kind of just have to take precedence right now. Sure. And um, once, things kind of even out and I, I can kind of get a hold of like my personal affairs. I, I do plan to get in and, um, you know, grind the songs. I would like to be able to find a way to do it. Like, uh, in a pe- in a way that people can kind of see, I think that would be fun, but, yeah. um, you know, I, we're going to hit it a little harder as far as like practice and writing and, and all that stuff. Once we can kind of pick up the pieces of our personal lives. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, and I apologize for laughing, but the way that's put, it is very true. People, you know, you definitely see on social media, there are a lot of bands that absolutely are like, man, I wish I was out there touring. I miss touring. And it, it all depends on their personal lives. But I like hearing that truth from someone as well from another angle where you're like, wait a second, I can actually work on other things in my life that I haven't been able to because you're absolutely right. You guys have been grinding for a really long time. I would assume you have plenty to take care of. Yeah. It's just, um, for the most part, it's a lot of just like projects and stuff around the house. Like our, we're, we're doing like some renovation right now. That's been like two, two ish years kind oh, wow. of, uh, in the making that just hasn't happened. And not, not to say it's because I haven't been home, but it's, you know, definitely contributes. Sure. Yeah. Are you, are you adding a studio or are you doing something to the house in particular? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be like an office. So I'm right now I'm in like my childhood bedroom basically doing this. And, Ah. um, what's going to happen is where we have this like underutilized, like living room area. And then there's a little room that kind of, uh, hangs off of that. And it's like kind of our front room area, but no one uses it for anything. Like we have another common area that everybody kind of uses. That's, you know, uh, like kind of a little farther off it in the house. But, yeah. um, basically what we're going to do is we're, we're like messing We're like going to cover up all the walls. We're like sanding down all the floors, ripped up all this carpet. And, uh, we're going to make, the smaller room into an office. And then I'm basically going to live in like the old kind of family room. So I'll have like my own entrance, exit, bathroom, office, like living area. So that should be pretty sweet. Nice. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, and not to not to just delve into that, but like I said, we definitely go on tangents on the show. Is this something that you're trained in? Is this something you're doing because you have the ability to, or do you really like enjoy doing renovations like that? Um, well, my father is a very handy guy. He actually, so the house that we're in right now is, um, it is a, uh, you know, a, a house that was like built in the twenties, the oh. but it used to just be like this, like kitchen area, like dining room. And then like that front family room. And that was it. And he okay. built basically this entire, uh, he built out the house he's a you know he's a trained carpenter he's like oh, a master okay. carpenter and nice. um you know he he basically made an entire kind of extension to the house that made a second floor addition and so now we have a for pretty much most of my life since i was in like the second grade we've had, we've had like a two-story house but it was initially just like three rooms oh wow okay and so he's he's kind of helping me out with the project yeah wow, and that's very uh, cool. you know kind of holding my hand through it and, and <laughs> being super helpful very nice. So you wouldn't consider that like a hobby or would you now think that, you know, because of what you've learned, you'd be able to pick that up for the future? Uh, I, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hate handy projects like ah, this just okay. because he will like, you know, he is just very, uh, very hands-on individual. He can fix pretty much anything. If he's not like doing a project on someone on someone's house, he's fixing someone's computer. He's fixing oh, wow. someone's okay. car or yep. something. He's just a very intelligent, like self-starting individual yep. that uh, is kind of an alien <laughs> and is not of this planet sure. with his just cognitive ability to like learn new things and to troubleshoot and to problem solve. Yeah, and uh, I learn from him every day, you know, but. Uh, it's one of those things where I am like not him. My mind just kind of works in a different way. I'm more like a like a like a business oriented kind of person. I'm more of like a writer and sure. all that stuff. Uh, I I can be I can I have ingenuity in like other fields, but uh, you know, as far as like working with my hands and stuff, I can do little stuff. But uh, to to do like an entire home renovation is not like my favorite thing <laughs> well i guess in a way besides the touring i guess that's why it's taken so long to be able to finish what you want to do right yeah but it is another part of it is that he is so uh capable and so just kind of getting to learn from him and watch him do stuff yeah. it's made me like a little more confident at least till i get in there and uh take care of stuff that needs to get taken care of okay well, not to also not to set not to psychoanalyze here, but this will probably be the last thing I ask, and then we'll go back to some music. But when you, I, I mean, I've noticed that when there's a lot of parents that have specific skill sets like that, and they like working with their hands, and they like doing certain jobs, when their their child decides to become a musician or something like that, they they aren't as receptive to that. Have you ever had any of those type of issues? Or are you guys all good with that? Um, we're pretty good. They're, they're super supportive of like my life choices, you know, oh, nice. okay. and, uh, they, they're, they're both like, they love music and they've always enjoyed live music and, and have tried to make sure that like, we're always like, you know, there's always like songs going on. Like my mom always loved like classic rock. She followed the stones around when they oh, were touring wow. and, and all okay. that good stuff. So like, uh, she took us to like our, like our first like concerts and, you know, metal festivals and all that stuff, you know? Nice. So it's, um, they've always been very like 
open to us like enjoying and loving music and i just kind of took it to another level you know sure. that like <laughs> i don't know if they really expected but they you know they've been here for it like whole time and they've been super helpful and like supportive of of me you know getting it done that's great that's really great well then you mentioned playing live shows and like you said you haven't played in a while now i i forget exactly did the trilogy tour did that actually finish or did you have to cancel that a little bit early we had to cancel a little bit early we lost we lost like five shows on the tour it was was almost done but we lost texas and we lost california which Ah. still like really sucks because we would have loved to have made it oh for sure yeah i mean i i personally i love texas a lot so i i totally get that i totally get that i used to live there as well so yeah that scene of music is just so so great well, let me let me ask you this, just a general question then. So now that you've been off touring, you talk about you know getting personal projects done and everything, but is there anything specifically that you miss about touring? Oh, yeah. I miss, uh, I miss pretty much everything. Like, okay. uh, I miss <laughs> getting to travel. I miss like hanging out with new friends, making new friends all the time, connecting with fans that enjoy our music. Like, yeah. you know, it's, you, we do this stuff every day. Like, Current is on my mind all day every day basically and um you know it's it's kind of crazy because then you get get to go play shows and you get to meet the people that actually like your band and uh, support you and all this stuff and it's kind of like this crazy moment where you get to really have a connection with somebody and talk to them and just hang out and it just revitalizes your just everything and it (laughs) it shifts your perspective so much more and i I miss that because i when we don't tour, it's all like business. It's all emails. It's all social media posts. And I, I miss the actual visceral feeling of going out there and doing it. Like I, I miss it more than anything. Yeah. I'd imagine, you know, everyone has their quote unquote haters, you know, the people that are very negative online and to be able to like, even if it's a, a great band or whatever your opinion of a great band is, there's going to be people that aren't going to like it. They're going to comment. They're going to do that kind of thing. But when you're out and you're touring, you get to meet all those great people that comment positivity and they're out there legitimately to see you. So that's got to be, you know, that's got to be that stable maker, that, that thing that keeps you going. Oh yeah. It stops you from going nuts. Cause if yeah. you're just, you know, like, it's, it's the, the equalizer. It's the day that, you know, somebody tells you something like, I could be having the worst day ever. I could just have like a bunch of like problems with things that are even, you know, tours not all fun, you know, yeah, a lot of it's sure. really stressful and, and kind of unsettling, you know, it's, it's like, it's hard to like go from city to city every day and, and constantly be on the move, worried if something's going to happen in the van, oh, yeah. worried if something's going to go wrong with equipment, maybe something doesn't go right. Maybe your set gets caught or something like, there's just a lot of things that could go wrong maybe merch gets damaged or stolen like maybe you hit something i don't know but whatever's going on in your mind that day when you have an interaction where somebody sits you down and um you know basically just tells you that this song that you wrote it got them they feel like it got them through like uh some really tough time yeah. or that they can relate to something that they know you wrote the song about because they went through a similar thing. It's, um, you know, when you get to have that kind of hug it out moment, it, it's incredible because you're like, this is why I like do this. This is the, the you know, to, right. to have these connections with people. Yeah. No, that, that completely makes sense. And I've seen many a moment 
where that, and I've had those moments with bands as well. And I think, you know, the podcast is a way that I get to show that as well. So I, I totally understand that. So I was going through the lyrics of the new album and I, I just wonder, based on what you were talking about, about things going wrong and things like that, you know, obviously there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of things that you're getting out in those lyrics. Do you have to be in a certain mood in order to write? Or are you able to turn it on just based on anything that's happening and still write that type of lyrics? It depends. It's the best songs are typically at the moment topical, but you can kind of go in there. And I, I have found that you, you kind of can go in there and channel an emotion. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I just try to clear my mind entirely so oh. that I'm not thinking about any particular thing because I feel like it kind of shifts where the words go and it doesn't come out right because you're trying too hard. Yeah. I just try to clear my mind as much as possible and just say and do what makes sense at the moment without trying to worry about some preconceived notion of something that I want to write about. I can worry about that later when I have a more substantial um, kind of, I, I have more actual lines on paper. Okay. Now, when you go into the studio, like, example, at least for this album, for the way it ends, did you have everything ready to go when you went in the studio? Are you still working with Chris back and forth as you're actually there? Well, we were pretty much, we, we have like, we had like three phases. We had like a demo phase where Chris would send me a demo. I'd send him vocals over the top of the demo. Ah. We'd send some stuff back and forth. Then I would go over to his place and we would record a more like final demo that would become our pre-production track. Okay. And then once we had enough of the pre-production tracks, we bring in Ryan LaTrue and he helps us take those pre-production tracks and make them into the actual songs. So uh. some of those songs stayed the same. Some moved one part around. Some moved other parts around. Some completely changed entirely. We had to rewrite entire sheets of lyrics for them. Oh. But um, with it all kind of said and done, it was like uh, some songs didn't change much. Others did. And by the time we got to actually recording the vocals, there was maybe one or two parts that were kind of up to uh, like a taste call at the tracking phase, but everything else is pretty much already done. Wow. Okay. Now, one of the things I think that sets Currents apart from a lot of other bands in the scene is how intricate a lot of the parts are and going through, especially going through this album, there's really no, there's no, you know, quote unquote, boring parts. There's no, there's no parts where there are lulls. So you're very good at making certain tracks and actually really all the tracks completely different in different ways. And, you know, sure, there's a solo in this song and there's a solo in that song, but the way that you put everything together is so unique. So my question would be, with writing lyrics and styles of actual screaming or singing, how did you decide on you know, keeping things fresh for yourself because you have a lot of different vocal ranges you can try for a lot of different styles. How did you guys talk that kind of thing out? Um, so what it kind of was is when we do, when we get into doing vocals, we have, um, you know, the structure of the song that Chris has put together, right? And when he has a particular part, the idea is like, he'll kind of have an idea of what vocals would go over that part 
but he also is like open to whatever I want. But there's sometimes where like I'll put something down over the song and he'll be like, yeah, it's not really what I thought at all. And I'm just not stoked on that at all. Okay. And then from there, we'll kind of like, you know, we'll work it out. <laughs> Usually nobody says anything about my like patterns or my lyrics or anything, unless they hate it, you know, <laughs> and then we can sit there and we can talk it out. But, um, and then kind of compromise on things. And usually the song is, is better for it, you know? Sure. But um, when we were going into like different vocals and stuff, it was just the songs that we were writing. And I wrote vocals to try to fit the songs that we wrote. And so I didn't try to think too much about it. I just tried to do it, you know? Interesting. All right. Yeah, no, it all, it all came together very, very well. So just to go back and, once again, kind of cliche, but I do like to ask this to, you know, to vocalists that I, that I really appreciate. Did you actually get lessons on vocals and screaming, or is this something you were able to self-taught or self-teach? Uh, yeah, so I started doing vocals. I started trying to learn how to scream when I was like 12. Okay. I never had any like um, professional help or anything. It was like I would learn from YouTube videos and other vocalists that I would try to emulate and I would try to learn from them and figure out how they were making the sounds they were making. I didn't really try to go in and actually have lessons until started singing more. And that was more in recent years by like 2015, 2016. And so it's been a relatively new thing, but I'll bounce around and I'll, I'll talk to different vocal coaches and I'll meet different people. And a lot of it at first was a financial issue where I couldn't really afford to have like a uh, committed vocal coach. But sure. once things open up and uh, life gets a little easier to navigate, I would like to have like a more like dedicated vocal coach just to keep me kind of uh, on my toes and, and keep me accountable for things. But at the end of the day, I have to practice on my own. Nobody is going to keep you more accountable than yourself. Right. Do you worry a little bit? that by going to a vocal coach, you might lose some of the style that makes you you or your vocals yours? Not really, because there is, yeah, there is that kind of bug where you, you'll, someone will go to a vocal coach and they'll come out sounding like thin and, and odd. Yeah. You know, I've definitely like heard that before, but it's one of those things where if that is the case, it's very possible that the thing that they were doing just wasn't good for their voice to begin with. Right. And so they were doing something that can't be emulated because it's not healthy. So um, it's one of those things where um, I would only go to somebody if they understood the screaming side of it. Just, it's going to sound like thick headed, but as far as screaming goes, I've, I've screamed my way through a vocal nodule and it healed. Like, uh, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not worried about the screaming and I like, I don't want to go to somebody that's going to try to steer me away from that. Just somebody who's going to try to give me, um, healthier tips. And I know that's kind of a thing as far as classically trained singers go is that, you know, okay, we'll just ditch the screaming, but (laughs) it's, it's definitely not the case. It's hard to find somebody that really understands the, uh, the ins and outs of, of different styles in the metal world. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to be quite honest, I think a lot of people listening just kind of did a sigh of relief as well to know that you're not looking 
to get rid of the screams anytime soon. So I think that's no way. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Well, I do want to follow up on that a little bit. You know, you do see the trend in a lot of scene music right now where there are a lot of bands that are going away from that heavier, quote unquote, heavier side, whichever you want to call it. But what I liked about the new album is that you do have plenty of tracks that start off with, you know, clean verse and you go into a clean chorus and, but then it always hits somewhere that you're going to have that scream. You're going to have that, that down tuning. You're going to have whatever you want to call it. And you're going to have heavy sides to everything. But is that something that you guys actually have a conversation about? Do you guys say, hey, the trend here is to add more electronics or add more clean vocals. Should we be doing that? Um, in my mind, not really. Uh, Chris kind of has, he, he just does things that he wants to do. Sure. And he'll... Uh, how mindful he is of trends and stuff. I'm not entirely sure. He usually will just write things based on things that he wants to hear and things that he enjoys. Okay. And so if he enjoys songs that have uh, synthier parts or, um, you know, other elements that kind of back up the more traditional instruments, that's what he's going to do. And I think that Chris has got um, a little bit more confidence in adding more kind of interesting background elements with his work in his other band shadow of intent like a symphonic death metal band absolutely and uh working on like a lot of the background instrumentation and orchestration and that i think he's uh he's got a little more confident in trying to add things that are less traditional metal into the mix yeah and i think i think that works and you can definitely hear it in this album as well definitely people are happy to know and i think I mean, I would assume that because Currents has kept that heaviness, there are a lot of bands that have changed. So I would assume that that gives you kind of a pocket of area to play in where you're still always going to have that captive audience. I think that there is always, it is extremely possible to have a balance of um, more melodic elements while still maintaining that alternative heavy edge that people love about this style of alternative music right you know at the end of the day currents is not a pop band we're not like an active rock band like right we our roots are heavy and as long as it stays that way to like the the best that we can do it then i am happy yeah and i think a lot of people are happy too i appreciate hearing that too that was very well put for sure so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skew a different way for a second here. So one of the things I noticed for quarantine, and I just, I like this idea, and I'm sure you guys saw it as well. So there have been a lot of different, like, interesting collaborations. People are looking for things to do. They're looking for content while people aren't going to shows, and maybe they might be trapped at home, whatever it happens to be. And, you know, I saw Emery do a collaboration with Boys Night Out. Uh, that was really cool. And then... We Came as Romans and Fit for a King did that complete swap where they chose one song of each other's and they they switched people and they did features for it. And I was just wondering, is there any band that you would want to do something like that with? I'm not sure. I mean, we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to ask a couple of our friends and see who's down. You know, yeah, because uh, I think that would be really cool. Even not to do that so much as I like what North Landon and Hearts Wake did, oh, where they sure. each kind of 
they wrote songs together. Yeah, right. And no, that would be that'd be excellent. Yeah, that'd be really sweet to do something like that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully someone will be down. We got some, we got some talented homies out there, so yes, maybe we can make it happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did not get to see the trilogy tour, unfortunately. But you're on that tour with such great bands, something like that. If you were able to, and by the way, since I didn't get to see, did you ever get to go up and do any features for any tracks? Did they do that kind of switching? I did a feature one or two nights. I think it was was a Silent Planet song off the night God slept. Oh, very nice. And this is going to sound really, really weird, but I don't remember what the song is called. Oh, it was Wasteland. I did a feature on Wasteland. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, and then they stopped playing it halfway through the tour, and then I didn't get to do my feature anymore. <laughs> now, I'm sure you weren't worried that you just completely screwed up, right? It was like a little, like, it was already a guest vocal spot. Sure. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, like that I, I was the reason that they stopped right, doing it. Like, right. oh, man, they, we, we fucked up. What a terrible thing. <laughs> what a terrible reason that would be. And I'm sure that definitely wasn't the reason. But that's interesting. I mean, I know Currents has been out with so many great bands, but I do like that idea of having the feature with other people. I think it just brings something a little bit extra. Now, the question to follow that up with is, let's say you had you know, whatever favorite band or, or lead vocalist or something that you looked up to, would there be any current song that you would want someone to feature and do your part in? Ooh, I don't know. That's the thing is like, we've never been a band, at least since I, I've joined, like we haven't really done a lot of like guest vocal stuff at all. Yeah, right. I think uh, I want to make room in some newer tracks that are unreleased and uh, not completely written yet. Okay. But uh, I, I think that there's an opportunity on the next release maybe to try to get some guys in there that we like and care about yeah. to, uh, you know, spit some fire, you know? Yeah. Do you think there's a reason or is there a reason for you yourself of why you guys haven't done that as much? And it, I mean, I think it trends to the entire scene in a lot of ways. There isn't as much collaboration. I think now you're seeing a little bit more, but metal, you know, whatever music you want to call it, we're, we're not like pop music. We're not like, you know, rap music where there's lots of collaborations. Do you think there's a reason for that? Or do you think it just hasn't been as explored as it could be? Well, in our, our personal case, it was kind of a scenario of I was a new vocalist and everybody, it wasn't really my decision so much as it was more like kind of a collective scenario where we wanted to make the songs as good as possible and as us as they could possibly be. And there didn't really seem to be any sections where it made sense to bring in another vocalist or anything. And plus some of the guys in the band are not like big fans of guest vocals to begin Ah, with okay and uh i i think it's cool and if it makes sense then absolutely like go for it but it's just something that's been like a part like within the band there's a few reservations about doing it unless it makes like perfect sense right okay that's a very interesting answer to that yeah i would i mean i think a lot of people listening and myself included would definitely like to hear that, but it obviously it has to be where you guys feel comfortable and you've worked something specific out that this is something you wanted to bring in, obviously that the band is happy with too. Yeah, everybody in the band's got to be sold on it. Right. 
All right, Brian. So I think I got everything I needed covered there. And I'm just really looking forward to, I mean, I'm sure you're, you guys are definitely looking forward to it even more than I am. But I can't wait for people to hear the way it ends. It comes out on Sharp Tone Records. By the time this is out, it will already have been out. So hopefully people have given it a bunch of spins and then they're listening to this to hear some of the behind the scenes stuff. But I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you on social media so they can go and pick up your merch, pick up the vinyl copies of The Way It Ends. But until then, is there some way, or the best way anyways, that people can support you right now? Yeah, so The Way It Ends is out now. You can go check it out anywhere that music is streamed or sold. You can find us on currentsofficial.com. That's where you can find the links to all of our socials, all of our merch, all of our like future tour dates, uh, currentsofficial.com. That's the place. Awesome, man. So this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I've been waiting for years to be able to do this. So this was very cool. And like I said, you know, I, I don't I don't lie on the show. I love the new album. I think you guys have outdone yourself. I think it's going to, you know, I think you guys are already on the map, but obviously I think it's gonna push you in uh, you know unheard of directions i think this is going to be really big so when you guys are around you know hopefully when things get back to quote unquote normal when you guys are around we should definitely do this live sometime because i'd love to delve even deeper into what you guys are doing yeah absolutely man let's make it happen sounds great well once again man thank you stay safe stay healthy and yeah i look forward to the next time thank you very much yeah for sure thanks man